Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Let's do a, a quick math problem. Uh, does anyone know what 450 divided by 10 is? 45. Like 45. Yes. Um, also, it is the number of millions of dollars per year on average that Patrick Mahomes is about to earn from the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sorry. You know, why don't you do something actually useful, which is go go show me the contract that Colin Kaepernick got that was the big contract, and then two years later, and now eight years or however many years beyond that, he is still unemployed. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. yeah, come to me about uh, NFL contracts when they're all like, uh, I regret to say this, but Kirk Cousins is fully guaranteed contract. Mm. Yeah. That, yeah it, I, it's I always like the... Uh... I always like the experiments where you calculate how much money a pitcher makes every time he throws a pitch, but oh, the more interesting yes. number is probably Patrick Mahomes every time he passes the football, how many, <laughs> how much well, money he makes. Well, the most, I think the most interesting one is uh, it, it's now like well-trod Twitter territory, but to update every time Chase Daniel throws a pass to update the insane amount of money he's made for every time he's thrown a ball as an NFL quarterback uh because truly you know uh, even if you're a starter in a gunslinging offense for a short amount of time uh you are going to generate far more pass attempts than a very well paid career backup uh but we're we're not so much here to talk about the sports part of uh of, of that we're we're maybe here to talk about the division part of that a- am i right uh, we we are and and as with as and as with all things, this started with with me spending my quarantines watching uh, an Alfred Hitchcock movie, I guess. Um, and I was actually watching The Birds, which has a pretty important scene in a in a schoolhouse, and like it was actually a schoolhouse, even though it was the nineteen sixties. Uh, it's not it's not a school building; it's a schoolhouse. But uh, on the board, there were these. Uh, long division problems like 427 divided by 31 and i just looked at it and it was made all the worse because they were written um horizontally there wasn't the the little divisor symbol thing um and it just really irked me and i thought why the hell are these fourth graders learning this thing that is really inefficient for for me to do an adult max well, I have to say, I thought you were bird watching and noticed some fourth graders doing their homework. So I'm glad to have that clarified. Because uh, that's a hilarious uh, misunderstanding on my part. Oh, Makes you a lot more sense now. I thought it was I thought it was a little sketchy that you were yeah. I was just watching birds and noticed some fourth graders. Well, so, anyway. so I correctly like your education failed you in capitalizing proper nouns. I correctly yeah, well, before this before we started predicted that this would be our best podcast ever. We are off to that start. Let let me let me borrow from Dave Chappelle, which is my defense I, in mm. in most these situations. If if you will, 
if if you'll allow it, Dave Chappelle problematic in many ways. But let me say what I'm going to say anyways, which is how the hell am I supposed to know? I went to public school, which is accurate. Um, but I get my apologies, Max, for for not capitalizing. Um, but in your public school, so did you? You're talking about the long division written mm-hmm. horizontally. Yes. Is that how you did, did long division? I did, you know, the 31 would be in that, that left area, and then there would be the little divisor guy. And then it's you in the house. The, the, yeah, it's in the house. Yeah. We all learned But, but I guess, yeah, we, we all learned this, and we spent a lot of time doing this, and I started thinking about unpacking from there. And the long division, while I know how to do it, is just not something that I take the time to do now. But there are a lot of math things that maybe we didn't spend as much time on. Maybe I did much later in my, uh, you know, academic career um, that that are much more worthwhile. Uh, you know, just thinking about how often I'm, I'm doing small statistics in my head or figuring out ratios in the kitchen, which I know are, we'll get to in our division. But it's just kind of the... There's, there's knowing something, and then there's actually applying it in real life, and there seems to be a really big chasm there, and it's bothering the hell out of me. Okay, yes. So I, I think I think we would all – I, I want to establish up front before, uh, before we get into it so I can, I can set the parameters for what I'm going to get mad about and what I'm not going to get mad about. We're all in agreement here that uh, public or private, uh, the things that you learn uh, in school often wind up not being the things that are the most useful to you in your day-to-day life. There are several holes. Mm-hmm. And I think, by and large, we're in agreement on the things that need to fill those holes. But... We certainly differ on, I, I think, on what what is currently, like, what needs to be replaced. Yes, that's, I think that's where, I think that's where we, we differentiate. Because, yeah, that's certainly what I'm saying, which is, wow, I spent way too much time on that. It should have been filled with something else instead. Yeah, um, and I, on the other hand... Uh, I, I guess you could call me a long division stan. I it is that an appropriate like I, I, I'm so so I do want to go to Kevin here <laughs> as before you go full stanhood and, and Max to to a great degree because you two uh, were in many ways people who continue to study math much longer than anyone should be allowed to. I mean Kevin, I think you specifically have said to me before you got to college. And, and we're pr- still confident in your engineering classes in large part because of your interest in, in ongoing skill in math. Yeah. So long division is kind of, kind of the tricky one. But for the most part, I think that, well, for me, it was important to learn every bit that I learned in my public education, how to do math, you know, algebra, trigonometry, all these things. So for me, it's easy to see oh, this is all incredibly useful and important that they taught me this. Uh, in, where things get fuzzy is how much everyone should learn and what what should be changed about how it's, how it's taught. So, for example, the 
typical way that you do long division and multiplication. I don't know if that has much use outside of if you have to by hand multiply or divide a couple of numbers. However, like the fundamental principles they teach are useful in terms of then learning new skills on top of that. See, that's I don't think I'd agree with that. That's I, where I, I disagree. I don't either. I don't think the fundamentals are that useful. Oh well, so oh. for me they're useful. So like the fundamentals, such as like place value and what like the decimal like number system means and stuff, that was incredibly useful when I had to learn how to use the binary number system because it's really all the same except for you're changing the tens and the exponents to twos, and so yeah. So in a way, in a lot of ways, you have to kind of go back to the elementary education to like understand and then how to use the number system is potential and then i differ from that also because i would say that even if i'm not physically writing out a multiplication problem on a piece of paper uh, preferably one that's ultimately going to get handed in to a teacher um I, i'm i'm using that skill several times a week and have literally every week since I was in fourth grade. Um, and so I think, frankly, to to consider even the possibility that uh, the, the, the math, essentially the math that you learned in late elementary and early middle school isn't crucial to your life is, it seems dumb to me on its face. Uh, so, so I want to address that. I think that, and and really to rebuke kind of what, what Kevin said, I, I do think it's important to know some of the fundamentals of of division and big multiplication is what I'm going to call it. That's very my steamed math background as speaking there. Uh, I, I think it's important to know the fundamentals, but it is just it is not efficient for me who is fortunate to have all these technological things around me to sit down and figure out what 422 divided by 31 is i know how to do it i know what what it is what it means to figure out to get that answer but i think more often kind of the problems that i'm encountering on a day-to-day -day basis is i am usually solving for something that is not there you know figuring out uh <laughs> you know figuring out a a statistic or or how much of something i need to add to a recipe uh because i'm doubling it or, or or something like that or even certain financial things if i'm figuring out uh you know if if i do this or my return on investment changes or my interest rate uh changes in some way what does that mean down the road what is that going to mean long term those are more things where I'm having to think through and I need to solve it. I can't just enter it into a calculator. Whereas if I get down to the division and say, okay, it is 422 divided by 31, at that point, I'm going to hand it over to that, which is much more efficient. But I'm using my brain power to really do algebra. And if I'm figuring out how to put pictures on a wall, it's geometry. Those things I learned more in uh, middle school and then early high school. At least that's when I learned them. 13.6. I'm glad you're efficient <laughs> in it. I would be inefficient. Thank you, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, so you've you've said the magic buzzword, which is the reason I think is the reason that I initially got juiced up about this, which is efficiency. Um, 
in many in many facets of life, we we've discussed on on several occasions. I think that the the quest for efficiency is um, uh, I'm not sure what the right word is because it's not it's not stupid. It's uh, misguided, maybe. Uh, I think that's okay. probably the, the best way to put it. And and, and I, I want to be clear that what you're what you're arguing for on some level is taking basic four function math and handing it off to whatever form of calculator you carry around in your pocket or on your wrist or whatever. Right? Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind, absolutely no doubt at all, that a calculator can process 422 divided by 31 faster than you can. Uh, I'm no no Luddite. I I, I, I am perfectly fine uh, with handing over uh, the, the sort of library of human knowledge to the internet. I'm not necessarily okay with handing it over to Google specifically. Uh, sure. But, uh, you know, but the aim of digitizing what used to have to be on a gigantic set of encyclopedias, eh, totally fine with me. Um, I think that this is different and you're, uh, you're, you're letting a skill atrophy. And that is something like I don't know. I, I I have much more of an inherent problem with uh with I don't uh, with thinking that like it's not efficient for me to know how to do multiplication outside of punching it into a calculator. And so I won't do that than I do with, well, I don't need to remember Tom Petty's birthday because I can Google it or I can go to Wikipedia. Uh, That, I mean, maybe this is, this is a bad, uh, so let me just say, um, I think part of it is there, there, part of it could be confidence, you know, while I know how to do it and could do it, I am not the most confident in it in part because I haven't been doing it. Also, there's an argument. It might be a slippery slope argument, and it's not fair here. But well, you know, they didn't. They don't tell people what. Look at all that we lost because we're not looming our own shirts anymore. Because we're giving that to someone else, to giving it to a machine that's more efficient in that. I mean, that's an extreme example. But again, you're losing a skill. But I'm able to use that brain power for for something else. It, it's. You know, yeah, it's about efficiency, but it's also in my life. I don't really want that challenge when I know that I've I've moved beyond it, and I am using the time to go and figure out, uh, you know, almost the algebra in, in the equation and figuring out for for what's not there, for example. But but I don't know that I'm really losing a skill as long as I remember how to do it, even if I'm not actually doing it. I mean. I definitely disagree with the idea that if you remember in theory how to do something, you can do it even if you haven't practiced it at all. That like riding a bike will come back to you eventually, but if you don't ride a bike for 15 years, yes, you know I sit on it 
and I push my feet around, but that skill has atrophied somewhat. It may it may not have totally gone away, but you can't you just can't do it as well as you did before. But but we also got into the, the discussion as we were preparing for this of other alternative forms of doing regardless of whether you think doing like by hand multiplication is a useful or a usefully efficient skill for you now uh, we also discussed alternative forms to what we uh, what we American young folk learned in our day <laughs> and specifically the idea of Russian multiplication and you sent us a video. <laughs> and I, like a sucker, watched the video. And I, I, I should have known... I should have known that it was going to make me angry and just not watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. instead, I, I subjected myself to it. And I got really... I really got quite upset because this video was passed along in the context of a discussion... Of mathematical efficiency. Yes. And the narrator of the video gives an example of multiplying 9 by 13. Now, in Russian multiplication, what you do to multiply 9 by 13 is you... You go through this series of halvings and doublings. So you have the left side. Essentially, you have the left side until it's one. Mm-hmm. And you double the right side until you've reached the point where the left side is one. So nine times 13 becomes four and a half times 26. But wait, there's a rule to remember, which is that the Russians don't like fractions. So... You just lop it off. And now, 9 times 13 is 4 times 26, which it's not. Then, in step 2, but really step 3, because you had to make it 4.5 times 26, and then make it 4 times 26. In step 3, you make it 2 times 52. In step 4, you make it 1 times 104. So now, after 4 steps... You have reached the point where the left side is one. The Russians also don't like even numbers on the left side of multiplication. So in step five, you go back and you've now written out nine times 13, four times 26, two times 52, one times 104. You cross out four times 26. You cross out two times 52. You are now left with 9 times 13, 1 times 104. At this point, you are now ready for step 6, where you add 104 and 13 to get 117, which is 9 times 13. Okay. Okay. Six steps this many. That's an important number to remember. Uh, The way we learned to do math, uh, you uh, functionally, what you do, in step 1... You multiply 9 times 10. You get 90. In step 2, you multiply 9 by 3. You get 27. In step 3, 
you add 90 and 27 to get 117, which is 9 times 13. It's half the steps. It's not even efficient. So, so this thing so, that was brought up in the context of efficiency is less efficient. And it gets orders of magnitude less efficient as you make the numbers that are involved in the multiplication problem larger. Well, I was just saying, so there's a reason that we uh, beat them to the moon, I suppose. I, and and, and so this is, this is where the magical phrase from my notes uh, comes into play that we talked about before we started recording. I'm no grand American exceptionalist. But this Russian shit assumes that multiplying or dividing by two is literally the only mathematical function that you can do besides adding. It's incredibly condescending. Uh, Max, yeah. do you do, were you heartened by it in any way? I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun, and at the end, it it apparently derives from from uh, the Ethiopian way of doing math uh, some. Four thousand years ago, and it explains how binary works as well. But but maybe that wasn't appealing to you either. Um, I I, I didn't get a chance to watch the video. Um, but oh, hearing okay. Sean explain it, it certainly sounds um yeah. confusing. Uh, they're assuming that having and and holding and doubling is is easy, and that fractions don't matter. I don't know. Maybe the oversimplified explanation is not totally yeah. telling the whole story. Yeah, so I to to try to defend Pierce a bit on, on this. I think that I, I don't know that I agree issue, with it. I just think it's well, appealing. But yeah, go okay, ahead. So Kevin. my issue is that we spend we teach the good, or at least uh, in my elementary education, we teach the good stuff, and then we spend months doing these multiplication problems where it's like a four digit problem or four digit number times a four digit number, and we crank through the steps by hand, and then. A lot of people I know this kind of just like forget the good stuff at the beginning because now they're used to like oh this I just do this algorithm and I think more what this video helps shows that there's a lot of different ways to think about a math problem and multiplication and I think that in my head that that creativity kind of needs to be that should be introduced or this this idea of mental math needs to be better taught because that's the stuff that's going to help you in real life like oftentimes if you're doing mental math you don't you kind of just need to get a ballpark answer you and you know it's it, it'd be tough to for to teach that in some way but mm-hmm. i just think this idea of being able to approach math problems in different ways is what should be taught not oh here is how you multiply two numbers together and because you're never gonna you're not gonna multiply a four digit number times a four digit number by hand ever in your life that you know i don't really think that that needs to be done you need to learn multiplication and you need to learn what it means but you don't need to learn that specific thing and i felt that that's what i spent the most time on okay yeah that's that's fair i i am willing to accept that i mean i think that what i what i am trying to describe is that the goal for at least for me and and i i'm certainly willing to accept that this is the way that my brain works and is likely not the way that your brain works or maybe anyone else's brain works but i just automatically break that stuff down to the smaller component parts like i don't I, you know i'm i'm never like yeah. i'm never multiplying a four digit number by a four digit number 
I'm multiplying it by smaller numbers and yeah. adding mm-hmm. those up. And so, like, I, I, I will grant that there are not a lot of occasions in your life where you need to do, where you need to reproduce what you did probably for math homework in fourth grade. So sure. that that is that that is kind of what I get to when you first described it as doing nine, uh, you know, nine times thirteen, and you talked about doing. Uh, was it nine times 10 plus nine times three that I think that's key there. That is a very, I think, comparatively fun way to do math. You were, you were thinking, you know, almost like a shortcut. You were going quickly with, with those, the way I learned to do math and I did it on the side over here is, is I aligned them vertically. And so I'm doing nine times three and then carrying the two over and doing nine times two. So that's 11. So it's a hundred and 117 there. That is not a fun way to do math. It is, it is displayed in a way so that you can you know a a, an eight-year-old can do it quickly or nine-year-old however however you're doing it you know there's there's kind of a format to do it the way you're talking about and and i hear when uh you know the better ways to teach math and everything yeah it makes a lot more sense it's how i do it now but it is not how i learned it and i think that that's kind of my my point in all of this which is there are better ways to do this and maybe it's not how we're learning or it's maybe how some are learning and then that we do it in part because i think it is more efficient to do in things like figuring out a tip at a restaurant you know how do you figure out 10 percent of something you just move the decimal place over things things like that as opposed to trying to figure out what 20 percent is and and it's funny in that way because you're you're talking about how inefficiency is maybe misguided which i generally agree with but here you are figuring out these shortcuts and keeping that tool working, which is admirable with shortcuts, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess. So uh, really, uh, so I tried to get efficient in my wording of my thesis and I missed the point. I, I passed along a meaning that wasn't what I was trying to get to. Efficiency isn't misguided, but... I think in a lot of situations, focusing on maximizing efficiency is where you get lost. And so efficiency is good up to a point in some places. For, for me, at least for me, I find it really important to keep that skill of being able to do those little things, to do those little shortcuts in my head. Um, yeah, so, and and so that uh, it's it's some level of defensiveness for sure uh, that that leads me to my uh, my stubborn dug in position on this. Yeah, so uh, so I think with that that gets to a, a good point, which is where we're getting to whether the, this this type of division and multiplication is good, but we've also kind of touched on other things that we maybe should be learning and spending more time on. Um, but maybe not, Sean. Well, I, yes. It's a yes, but sort of thing. So I, yeah. I think, I think it's not exactly, uh, it's not exactly unfamiliar territory to say, uh, it's unconscionable that American high school students are not learning some personal finance focused math mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, and, and not just like, I mean, yes, the importance of balancing a checkbook or whatever, um, but uh, 
you know, frankly, that's another actually balancing your checkbook is another place where, um, you know, handing things over to technology, uh, you know, uh, if you don't rev- if you don't then review your statement every month, uh, you could miss some sort of fraudulent charge. Like that's the kind of thing that happens to people or you miss some recurring payment that you set up and forgot to cancel. So like, yes, uh, it saves you some time that you're not writing out every transaction in a little book. Um, but like there is something that you miss out by that. But, you know, uh, high school students need to be learning about compounding interest and that sort of stuff. And they're not learning it uh, by and large. Yeah. But this is not the the issue here is that we're talking about two different things we're talking and it's a it's an age thing you don't learn long division at a time where um where we can replace some of those like big multiplication exercises with compound interest so like it's a we're not we're not talking about replacing the correct thing with the thing that we all need you know what i mean uh i mean yeah i i think that sure. it's still it's still worth thinking about especially uh, and especially since at it, at their core those those pieces of financial math build on the foundational principles of the stuff from before compound interest is I mean it's an exponent and what is an exponent if not just multiplying something by itself multiple times? Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I'm just curious at, at this point. You know, Max, for instance, I know that you have encountered much more math than I have in 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 your life in your studies really. And did you? Are there certain things that you felt like? I should have learned this earlier or more people should be familiar with this. Um, I, I mean, nominally you are a, a data scientist. So, so if anyone is going to be, tell us what, what numbers we should be thinking about more, I, I would think that you, you might have encountered that. Um, I'm not sure if I have a great answer to what I should have learned more of or earlier. Um, but I definitely think that just like general statistics and probability probably need to be enforced better I think by the time uh, you get to those concepts in at least my education a lot of people have uh, had already kind of checked out they'd already decided oh I'm not a math person yeah and they weren't paying attention and that's that's really dangerous because that stuff just gets into a lot of different I mean a lot of different aspects of, of life um, oh yeah for sure even but, outside and, of math it's how yeah, you wind up with people. Well, that's what I'm saying outside math. Yeah. It's how you wind up with people not understanding what political polling means. Exactly. Like um, that's a fundamental yeah. failing of not understanding. I think whether statistics. it's statistics or or geometry, I think some of these concepts that are not just how to do. I I think like I don't know. I don't know if I have a solution, but it feels like instead of spending so much time just doing long division and multiplication problems um to kevin's point i think it would be more important to, to try to develop underlying concepts of, of mental math and how like math is always just math problems are always just 
puzzles with kind of one solution and many ways to get to a solution um but also uh, mm-hmm. you know getting a an underlying uh, um getting an understanding of like of ge- geometric concepts and statistic concepts and other things like earlier because again i just i i fear that by the time you get to them in some some education you you really at least at least i notice people that have just decided oh i'm not i'm not going to pay attention to math anymore or by the time you get to them in high school you have some people that just aren't have decided they're not interested and that's really um unfortunate because i think that lumping that yeah it's all math but it's it's so it can be so different solving you know a calculus problem i don't know there's just very there's so many different um types of problems there that could interest different folks yeah yeah not every high school student needs to take calculus yeah well the another one that comes up is like uh at least in, in virginia we had to take a an earth science class in high school and to me that seems you know kind of insane what we're with like what we're losing but then at the same time if it's not kind of forced to teach everyone who would end up with a career with it um is just one thing that comes to mind i'm sure that there's not much there but yeah i mean look the the question that this ultimately gets to what what we're talking about here i think in, in my frustration is uh, did did school prepare me really well for real life? And that's you know, Sean, you kind of got to it at the beginning. We know the answer is, eh, sort of. <laughs> like they did okay. You know, whether you went to public or private school, the, the the goal of school is not. They might say it is, but it's really not to best prepare you for life. It is to best prepare you for the next thing where you can be elite or you can be not elite. Uh, and yeah. and the way to be elite is to take calculus early in high school. It's not to do algebra and be like, hey, that's enough. I don't really need anything else in life. I have a good understanding of, of algebra and geometry and I'm going to be able to do all the things that I need to do on a day-to-day basis. And I have an appreciation for it, which I think we're, I'm hearing here is but you should have appreciation for the puzzles that you can now solve. That's yes. not what it's for. And you just there I I can't I can't really I can't solve for that. And yeah, and it's more useful it is more useful for you to come out of high school knowing what compound interest is and what it means when you don't pay off your credit card bill in full than it is for you to be able to solve a calculus problem. It just is. And, and I really, I meant it when I said it doesn't matter whether this is public or private because I didn't learn any of that shit in high school either. I really didn't. And it's just, it, it puts you at a disadvantage. Um, so, so yes, uh, let's, well, we can end on that point of agreement that, um, There, there are things that need to be fixed, and there are, are skills that are going to serve you no matter... And th- I think this is where I land on the earth sciences thing. Like, you know, it is possible that taking an earth sciences class in high school clues you in to something that you like and are interested in that you didn't know you were before. And that's a good thing, and it would be a shame to lose that. But where do we draw the line and say we're missing sure. out on the things that everyone needs no matter what they do and so we got to get that done first of course 
that's just going to be my my words are going to be used against me to cancel more art and english classes so excellent i love that i'm feeling good now well i think that um my final note would be that i think that calculators are the worst things that we can we can give kids instead we should give them one of these one of these slide rules that they used to use to uh, you had me and then you lost me god damn it that will that will give them the appreciation that pierce is talking about we were doing so well we were Um, doing so well yes max cool and educating millions or billions of people efficiently and smartly without apparently spending too much money is really hard there's going to be <laughs> yeah. systemic problems there are underlying systemic problems across the spectrum of education um, support support education and support educators um, that's my only plug because it's a really hard job that's um, hell yeah yeah underpaid hell yeah we should be asking them how to teach we should be asking them not not yeah, the four here. of us being like, "Oh, this is how you should teach math." Like that's that's not the point of this. Um, <laughs> that's all I want to say. Yeah. Uh, I I yeah. wish well, I learned yeah, and appreciated right. it more. Math is cool. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I don't know. it doesn't. None of this really matters because everyone can just learn how to code, right? Just learn to code and make a ton of money. Kevin, right? I hate you, you have to have a computer to learn how to I code, and that, computers cost money. I would love a follow up. Of yeah, I was. I was, I, I was joking. Uh, uh, we'll say that for next time on more math with four white guys. As usual, the answer is like probably a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, let's uh, let let's move on as as we do to uh, Pierce's sorry. And I, I I think I think the rule is you have to wait a little bit before something is on the list, maybe. So I I imagine. Pierce is not about to apologize to all of you for subjecting you to this conversation that we just had. Well, absolutely not, because you all agreed <laughs> to it, so you would have to uh, do it too, you you, you sadists. But um, yeah, what I'm apologizing for this week uh, happened on July 1st, which July 1st is an important day. Um, it is not important, well, at least to me, for, for what was uh, disclosed in, in my work call the other day, our, our morning work call with, you know, about 50 people on it. And someone said, hey, everybody, it's Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. Um, and this is at the very end of the call. And I said, well, yeah, sure. I, I jumped in and said, uh, yeah, in actual holidays, for all you Mets fans out there, today is Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, which is the day that since 1999, every day, and I think for another like 15 years or so, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla gets paid $1.1 million by the Mets organization. He has not played baseball in, I believe, 20 years now, um, but he gets paid <laughs> every year on this day. It's not unlike what the learners will do with Max Scherzer, but he actually has continued playing. Um, but what I'm apologizing for is while that's a lot of fun, you know, Canada is a nation with, you know, people and, and you know, uh, just universities and, and uh, customs and everything else that are very, very important and, and bring a lot of joy to people and problems, but is a nation that works really hard. Bobby Bonilla is just a person who gets paid a weird amount of money every day on July 1st for the foreseeable future. So I apologize to my coworker who I realized at, well, I should apologize to my coworker who I realized afterwards 
is Canadian. <laughs> so, so I did, I dissed their day. Uh, while in good fun, Bobby Benia Day is not more important than Canada Day. And I apologize for this error. That, that was a very good one. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, okay. Let's close the show with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, and... And I think it's fitting for a conversation that we just wrapped up by by talking about uh, things that uh, you've gained some level of appreciation for unexpectedly or things that you wish you had gained more of an appreciation for. Historically speaking, I really do not like the rapper Lil Dicky really just cannot cannot get into it at all cannot get into his music just nothing about him i was lightly cajoled into watching dave which i assumed that because i despise little dicky i would uh, really not like the show. I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. Um, it was surprisingly funny and thoughtful, and the performances are all really good. Um, I mean, the show is a a fictionalized version of Dave Bird's actual life you know, growing up in Pennsylvania and then becoming little Dickie the rapper. Um, but he's got a, a hype man named Gata who is his actual hype man in real life and is just like a magnetic personality. And it's just, it's, it's a blast of a show. Uh, it, it naturally, uh, like seemingly every comedy has a, a very special episode that gets a little heavier and more serious. Um, but I also, one of the things that I noticed was that a lot of, uh, a lot of people who talk about it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like to call it kind of an, an heir to Seinfeld in the way that it's a show about four, a group of four people or five in the case of Sonny who, at their core are absolutely rotten and try to game every possible situation in life only to have it turn around on them every time. What I'm interested in, and I think the reason that I'm recommending Dave is that in a lot of ways it felt at times like an heir to Seinfeld in the way that phrasing of things is really important. And I, I don't think that a lot of stuff I don't think that stuff from Dave is necessarily going to get like coined into the lexicon, but uh, I, I couldn't help but think of like, oh, she's a close talker, and, and and stuff like that as I was watching Dave, just that like approach to talking with people to talking about people. So if you're looking for something that that might make you laugh once or twice, it's on Hulu. Uh, so. Go, go check Dave out. Uh, okay. 
That is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Subscribe to the feed on your podcast app and device of choice. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share with them as well. I promise it won't be all about math. Uh, we'll be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.